Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We drink tequila. We talk. Welcome to Team Tequila Talks. Talk, talk. Okay, so we're pouring. Just blindly pick one and we'll tell you what we're doing here. Uno or dos? Dos. Dos. Okay. All right. right, Let's do it. Okay, so because you are a mezcal fan, we've got a couple options here. We're giving it in a second. Am I giving limes? It's more of a garnish, but yes. We've got a. Do love a garnish. So we start every Team Tequila Talks off with a cheers, which is what we're prepping for right now. Lovely. And I'm going to explain what what we're cheersing in just a second, but we have our special guest, Emmy Raver-Lampman, and you've seen her somewhere on TV for sure, (laughs) or even on the Broadway stage. You know, I dabbled on the board sometimes. You are a true artiste <laughs> all over the place. Okay, well, let's cheers. Let's cheers. And Always. if you want to top it with some sparkling bubbles after we cheers, you'll be our guest. All the options. Okay. So this is basically a sparkling skinny. I'm making mine sparkly for sure. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I like a little, Ooh. Bubble, a little effervescence. Oh. Okay. Mm. So the we'll, perfect amount of sour. Yes. So this sweet. is this is a skinny. This is so we asked Emmy what she wanted to drink for this episode. You love a skinny mark mm-hmm. and you're open to mezcal, which yes. we love because not everyone is open to mezcal. Mm-hmm. But we also asked you for a list of maybe some of your favorite brands. Yes. And we have worked with a few of those brands. We know and love several of those brands. Yes. And we thought that we could do a little side-by-side comparison. Okay. Okay. I love it. So this is this exact same recipe. Okay. It's just that... The one that we are drinking right now is Del Miguel Vida, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was one of your favorites. Yes. And the one that we're going to have next is going to be our Casamigos Mezcal. Amazing. We know and love both of those brands. Yeah. You really cannot go wrong here. You cannot lose. We were just wondering if we play with it a little, does one maybe bring out more yeah. citrus or is one a bit more smoky? So mm-hmm. we're just going to sip on it. We're going to think about it. Your hosts here, Cassandra Gina Bell and Sherryon Gonzalez, welcoming you to another episode of Team Tequila Talks as we have our side-by-side, can't-lose comparison of our sparkly, skinny mezcal mark. And it's just some really juicy limes. I mean, these mm-hmm. limes are so mm-hmm. juicy. I was, like, at the grocery store making sure that I was going to pick. I was, like, you know, like a like a grandma, and I kept, like, rolling them out, and I'm like, nope, not, that's Testing right. the softness, and the plumpness. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when I juiced them, I got out of one, like, pretty much, like, two ounces out wow. of one. That's great. Yeah, it's basically fresh lime juice, a little bit of Cointreau. Um, splash, and really. A, a spl- we are low sugar here. Yep. We yep. don't need Same. the extra additives. So a splash of Cointreau. And did we do a splash of agave? Uh, not really. No. Not really. No. Mm-mm. No, and I some- brought the agave, but we decided that we wanted to... Yep. Uh, Give it a go with the Contro, just to mm-hmm. give it a little extra kick. I like the tartness with the mezcal. Yeah, I do too. I, I do too. You know, the, the the juiciness of an orange, the sweetness of an orange sometimes mezcal is nice, but this, mm-hmm. the tartness with the smokiness of the Vita and Vita, we've had them on the show. Mm-hmm. Love them. Yeah. I mean, not Vita, Del Miguel. Del Miguel, but, but we love Yeah, they, they have like a, you know, they have like a plethora of different types. Yeah. I don't know if they you've have, ever tried. Oh, they have like 15 or something. It's crazy. It's yeah. It's crazy, yeah. but they're all very distinct and different, mm-hmm. which we love. Yeah, the Vita's my favorite. I usually, 
I used to drink this a lot just on the rocks with, like, just a squeeze of fresh lime. Like, it's just the, plain. The Vita is very drinkable. That yeah. was something that we learned. We had Jen from Delmagay, and she brought several different options, and we were just really exploring the space of which one do you do with someone that maybe isn't a natural mm. mezcal drinker? Which one yeah. would you drink straight? Which one do you put in a cocktail? Yeah. And the Vita, I think, is, a, is is one of their more approachable mezcals, and it's mm-hmm. a really nice, easy sipper, in, yeah. in, in, in my totally. opinion. Because I feel like the smoke really throws people. It does. Yeah. Either you like it or you don't yeah. type yeah. of vibe. I, I uh-huh. didn't love mezcal, to be honest, until I hung out with Cassandra. Yeah. And she was like, what's that some mezcal? And I was like, ooh, girl, it stinks. <laughs> like, you know how you like put it, put a drink to your lips, a little uh-huh. funky, and I was yeah, like, just a waft is, of smoke. And I was just mm-hmm. like, mm, not into it. And she was like, just sip it slow. And I tried and tried, but you got to find your brand. Yeah, yeah, mezcal. Yeah, it's you. like bourbons and whiskeys. You got to find yes. your type. Yeah, I think even with tequila, that's true. But it's just exaggerated with mezcal yeah. because it's a very potent mm-hmm. liquor. It's the same as scotch, right? Yeah. And gin, I mean, I don't understand people that drink gin by itself, but I love a gin cocktail. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you really just got to find your lane. How did you find your lane with tequila? Um, I... I've, I've always liked tequila, but I'm actually really sensitive to dark liquors. So I can't do the whiskeys and the scotches and the bourbons and, and, even, and even like swinging into wines, like red wine also. It's just I have to kind of stay in the clear. <laughs> so I always – so it was always vodka. You know, when you're in college, it's like shitty vodka. <laughs> and, then, and then I went to school in New York and um, I worked in a lot of restaurants. And so I, I think I just started to – grow, you know, a taste for, for finer cocktails. And so As then one it was does. like, yeah, you know, you know, with age, with, with, <laughs> with a little more coin, with age and experience and, and a little bit more coin in your pocket, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you're not buying the handles of vodka anymore. <laughs> I mean, I just remember in college, the frat boys mm. bragging and making a game about how cheap they could get oh, a yeah. liter of vodka, oh, right? Yeah. There were random brands of like Taka and They're like I just, got this whole liter for two ninety nine. You're like, that sounds like a mistake. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's not a price. Waiting to happen. And then they sweeten it up to make it taste mm-hmm. good. It's just like the jungle juice. Oh God. Oh God. No. God awful. God awful. Oh my God. I just got like full body chills. PTSD. Truly. Jungle juice. PTSD. Truly. And I think I had one of those nights on a really cheap gin. And so then gin has been off the table for quite some time. So I'm, so it's been like, but then I don't know, once I started really kind of appreciating vodka and learning about it and trying different brands. And then, you know, Mezcal kind of came along, not didn't come along, but to me it came along. I mean, it kind of did come along. We talked about how, you know, locally and tribally and indigenous in Mexico, Mezcal has been around for a while, but it is a somewhat relatively new Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. in the United States. Tequila has been around since the 1700s. Mezcal has been around. I mean, there are rumors. There's no set date. All tequila starts off as Mezcal. Right. But when you're talking about Mezcal that you can go walk into BevMo and purchase, that's really post-2000. Yeah. Even still, it's tricky. Like, they'll have, like, one or two bottles. You have to find a very specific liquor store that carries a selection of Mezcals. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I don't know. It's... And now I, I had a you know a vodka cocktail a couple a couple weeks ago for the first time, and I was like, yeah, I don't I don't think it's vodka either. It's really like I'm kind of a tequila bust kind of gal. <laughs> well, that's why you're here. That's why you're here. <laughs> Welcome to our Welcome. lane. I love it. I love it. What's your um? So I always like to 
drink seasonally, uh-huh. eat seasonally. So yep. in the summer, I'm doing some watermelon margs mm-hmm. and maybe some mixed berry margs yeah. and all of that stuff. Yep. In the winter, we were on a big blood orange kick for a minute Ooh, in the winter because yep. those are great in January, February, March. Yep. Right? What is your, what's your go-to marg or cocktail? Yeah. Um, I'm obsessed with passion fruit. So I, my go-to is all, we have a farmer's market down the street from us and I'll go to the farmer's market and get some, get some delicious passion fruits. And I honestly, uh, tequila, soda, and just like scoop out the passion fruit pulp and put it in there, shake it. So you're Done. a pulp person. Yeah. Yeah. So am I. I love, I love, I love you pulp free. I, well, no, I love pulp. Yeah. I think it has fiber in it. I'm like, why would I remove <laughs> fiber out of my diet yeah. and I'm drinking a yummy cocktail? Yeah. Give me all the things. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So no, I, we just had made last week a passion fruit mezcal. Mezcal. Yes. Mm. I, yeah. So that's yeah. probably my go-to in the summer. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. What, are, are you more of a... Some people don't like to drink tequila while they're eating. I mean, I don't discriminate. Personally, uh, they but hmm. some, I guess I guess you would say purists, right? Yes, like that's they, a solid question. They like their tequila <laughs> before and after a meal, uh-huh. but you know that they don't love to sip on a specific tequila or cocktail during. I mean, yeah. I, I will, but some people don't. I, I think it depends on the cuisine. I think if it's Mexican food, like all day, all day, all, all day, day. sushi, it, uh, the whole, Maybe not. yeah, I don't know if sushi and margaritas, I mean, I'm, you know, I don't discriminate, Look, I'm lying. get it where you get it, I'm, <laughs> I've done it, <laughs> but I think it, yeah, I think it depends, it depends on, you know, it depends on the meal, definitely, I will say, I just forgot another summer cocktail that I'm really, really getting into, that I, because I'm not really gin drinker, is a mezcal negroni. Ooh, oh, I love a mezcal. Those are Amazing. really sweet. Those are becoming a big feature in our house. I love. Yeah. I love a. Normally, sometimes me and Cassandra we go out and we end our night. We'll sometimes share a Negroni at the end of the night because mm-hmm. we're like, you know what? Let's just share this Negroni. Yep. And but the mezcal Negroni. Yeah. A good bartender. Yes, and the right vermouth has to be balanced. Ooh. Ooh. Has to be balanced. Yeah, I, I, not all mezcal negronis are created equal. Not all anything's <laughs> created equal. But you know what? I will say this: to have your margarita or any type of tequila with your dinner, I think drinks are not like cigarettes. Uh-huh. And I know it would be mm-hmm. weird if someone took a bite of a burger and then had a cigarette in their yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That would look weird. Mm-hmm. But I do think. Flavor, flavor profiles when it comes to food. I do think tequila is that one thing that you can drink with anything. Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't have a red wine with a salad at two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? It's yeah. like, but I think tequila, you would. Yeah. I have. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, I will am. and I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I agree. I agree. It feels like, I feel like wines and gins and a lot of like bourbons, those feel like the sun has to be at least setting. Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, Red wine during the day. Yeah. It just Have you like, ever been by a pool? No. And someone, it's like 90 degrees outside and someone's just sipping red wine? Yeah. I've seen it. I don't understand it. I don't. I'm like, I'm, I'm hot watching it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I like, just, my insides and my outsides are hot watching you drink. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think Mm-mm. so. I, I, I am a very situational mm-hmm. drinker. Yep. And if I'm in a bad mood, I don't want to drink, mm-hmm. right? I am not the type of person that has had a rough day yeah. and wants to go make a cocktail. Now, bad mood, mm. does that mean, like, sad or angry? Mm. Either, I think, for me. Okay. But I will say that sometimes if you've just had a long day because you've been busy yeah. or stressed, yeah. 
Sometimes there's a wind down element, especially yeah. if at the end of the day you're seeing your friends, yeah. your partner, or some circumstances, whether it is just like even at your house uh-huh, or, uh-huh. or you're going out to dinner or something. Yeah. I think in that instance, it's like, oh, I'm kind of celebrating that that portion of the day yeah. that might have been a little taxing for one reason or another is over. Yeah. And now we're shifting into a more relaxed gear. But if mm. I'm straight up sad or angry, I do not want to drink. Hmm. Well, because it says supposedly some people are different. It depends on, I feel like sometimes body chemistry, sometimes it can take you further down the rabbit hole right. of right. feeling. Yeah. yeah, it can. And drinking, I'm not a depressive drunk. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm not a drunk, first of all. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is <laughs> I'm a happy not, drunk. I'm a happy drunk. <laughs> but I don't get down when I drink. Yeah, yeah. I go up, but yeah. some people drink and go down. Right. Which so, apparently tequila is the only one that's it's an upper. It's true. Yes. Tequila is an yeah, upper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've Tequila's never had a bad night on tequila unless you have bad tequila. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> so finding your tequila is uh-huh. kind of even a different journey than finding your art, which mm-hmm. you have a ton of experience with because you are just sort of across all platforms, <laughs> an artist. And I, did you start on the stage or did you start and then you transitioned into TV? Yeah, I... I kind of unintentionally started on the stage. I, I was a very, like, hyperactive child. And my parents, I you know, I was a Girl Scout, and I was on the soccer team, and I ran track, and I did tennis, and I was doing community theater, and I was all over the place, and I, you know, kind of had a toe in every activity. And finally, my mom was like, I'm sick of driving you around. You pick one. Pick one. <laughs> I'm sick of driving you all over the city. Pick one. So I, I, I picked theater because I think, the community theater that I was a part of called the Hurrah Players in um, Norfolk, Virginia, uh, was, I think that was my closest group of friends. And so I just really wanted to hang out with my friends and we just like happened to be like doing musicals on the weekends. (laughs) And so I kind of fell into it. And then I just, I went to a performing arts high school with the majority of those same friends and, and then, you know, I feel like I blinked and it was time to start looking at colleges and I, you know, I had, visited New York many, many times before with my parents growing up. And I, I loved the city. I knew I wanted to go to college in New York. And I, you know, I was getting pretty serious about doing theater and, and wanting to, to study that. Um, and so I went to Marymount Manhattan College um, on the Upper East Side in Manhattan. And kind of that, I feel like that's when I was like, all right, I think this is what, this is what I'm, I want to do with my life, at least right now. I'm a very like right now in this moment type of person. I've never been like- a Just t- like tequila five. and your cocktail. Yeah. Yes, yeah. see? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a like five-year, 10-year plan. I just, you know, I kind of, I feel like that doesn't leave wiggle room for magic and for the unexpected. A so. true creative. I feel like every creative ever, like I asked my husband one time, what was your, you ever had a plan B? He's like, plan B for what? I'm like, you know, like if acting didn't work out, he's like, I never once thought about that. Yeah. He's like, I don't know. Maybe I'll be a gamer. Like he was just like, <laughs> like I have no idea. And yeah. Like, to be a creative is to be creative thinking. Yeah. Well, I also yeah. think that if you're picking an activity, when you're talking about musical theater, mm-hmm. it's not an activity. Yeah. It's oh yeah. Multiple activities. Oh yeah. It's dancing. It's acting. It's singing. It's, it's. You're, you're even, you know, and Marymount, I also, because I went to a performing arts high school that was very conservatory feel in feeling, I didn't want to go to a musical theater conservatory college. I wanted to go to a liberal arts school where I could take, you know, biology classes and, and math classes and kind of, you know, 
not feel so just living, breathing and eating and sleeping musical theater all day as much as I love it. I I do feel like it is important to have a well-rounded education. Um, And so, yeah, I I think that was mostly why I picked Marymount. But um, yeah, I completely just lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? <laughs> Sorry, my baggy, my hat, my head is a bag of cats. It, it might be the tequila. Like, it might be the tequila. I was like, it might be um, the my Del yeah. so, Oh my God. Could you imagine two sips in? I know. Like, well, listen, See ya. we're going to have to get a few more sips in because we still have to try our second one. We Wait, still got to try our second Yes. But, um, yeah, so I, yeah, I just, I, that was kind of how it started and, and it just kind of snowballed into the, the relationships that I was making and a huge part of me wanting to go to school in New York is I wanted to pick a school that one, wasn't a conservatory, but two, I could start to grow my relationships outside of my educational experience with actual professionals working in the industry. And so at Marymount, we had a lot of like guest directors and master classes and, and, you know, a lot of different artists from New York that were in the business, working on Broadway, directing on Broadway, creating for Broadway, coming and teaching us and working with us and directing us in, in projects. And so the, a lot of those opportunities turned into experiences and opportunities outside of school, which was, you know, one of those relationships led to me getting my Broadway debut and getting my first, you know, professional, you know, theater experience um, at like a tiny little church basement in Astoria. It was like the first professional show that I ever did. (laughs) But it, you know, it's like, uh, that was why I picked that school because I I wanted to get my education. Also, my parents are educators and not going to college was not an option. So I was like... (laughs) So I was like, I'm, if I have to go to school, I want to go to the most like woo-woo school possible where they just kind of let me do what I want. Right. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I, I, I was, I came to college as a business major and then I, the first semester I switched to a dance major because I'm like, mm. my, my girl was like, just be in business like me. I'm like, you know, like, yeah, I'll do what you do dance major. That I was like, yep. you're ruining your life. What are you going to be a stripper? And I was like, there are, there are art forms. You're of like, dance. yes, a no, well-educated grandma, stripper. A Lakers girl. <laughs> God, we class it up around here. Come on. Okay. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's true yeah. that I don't know now if I look back at my college career and mm-hmm. say that's what I want it to do. Yeah. But I do yeah. think it's important to get a well-rounded view, especially yeah. I think the more I feel like some of the best actors that I love and musicians, their backstories are crazy. What mm-hmm. they've experienced, and not crazy in a bad way, but crazy in a good way. I mean, you had a good plethora of people yeah. you surrounded yourself yeah. by that were weird. And I think New York is the Oh, it's the it's the, the land, perfect spot it's the for land that. Land of character study. 100%. I mean, LA's not far off. LA is LA is second, I think. I mean, mine was the same when I when I went to college. My whole family, all of them, have several degrees. Yeah, and I'm sitting here in high school, grabbing the phone book, going, "Which agency can I meet with this week?" You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, my mom was like, "I will help you." You know, we were gonna we're gonna set up a fund, and you're you're not gonna have loans, and we're gonna set aside money, and if you That's have amazing. to borrow money from me like you'll pay it back but you don't interest or whatever and I'm going to help you with college but you have to get a real degree and you have to get a real college Mm -hmm. experience and I loved college regardless of what my my degree was in I got a business degree and am I in business I mean kind of I run I run my husband and I's business yeah and pause you're very Cassandra has a secret power she's extremely extremely smart with business. Oh, it's like yeah. it's I guess like my oh, he's working. <laughs> no, she can tell you, have a you business brain. Yeah. She can tell you a percentage rate, a half of a point of an interest rate. Oh, it's three. the math, the math it's, of it all. It's the math oh, of it all. Oh, yeah, no. And the structure of that. it. And it's so I feel like your degree served you well, but you would have been like that anyways in my opinion. 
Well, I, yeah, I mean, I guess part of that's coming from a very academic family. Like, my dad's in finance, my mom's in accounting. You so grew up you, around you, it. Yeah, yeah, you grew yeah, up around yeah. it, and you, it's inevitably going to influence you. Yeah. Right? That's, that's anything. Yeah. It's just that happened to be my background. But just the experience of college, mm-hmm. the social experience yeah. of it, it's and so kind important. of living on your yeah. own, but still kind of having a safety net and a community. The training wheels, adult yeah. adulthood training with training wheels. Yeah, on. and that's when you <laughs> learn not to drink the cheap vodka and the jungle juice. Or you don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I learned real quick. I remember one of the first Oof. parties I went to, I showed up. And there were multiple people running around throwing up, like, the color of your dress. It was a green-blue. And I showed up, and I was like, what the hell is happening here? I'm a freshman. Oh, God. Right? I'm, like, 17. Uh, I shouldn't even be at that party. Sorry, <laughs> Mom, if you're listening. And I remember looking around, taking the lay of the land, going— I think I'm out on this particular situation. And I think that really had me have a proceed with caution attitude. Go and have your fun, but don't drink the cheap jungle juice. Don't don't do do it. it. Anything that comes in a fishbowl with 17 straws, don't do it. Nope. Anything that's blue. Isn't that my rule? I always say no blue. I don't even eat blue M&Ms or or Jolly Ranchers or any of that. Or red or purple. (laughs) I mean, they have giggles, people. Look, they have the giggles as the Skittles. They have the yum fruit. It's beet coloring giggles. We give our, I give my daughter, we give our daughters yes. the giggles they're organic they're colored with fruits yeah. and vegetables we have the yum earth gummy gummies that use no dyes, there are no all the good alternatives if you look for them people yeah. and, and save a coin or two and not have your starbucks that save day and two. go get some <laughs> so, put the frappuccino down yeah, no <laughs> kidding, right? it's bad for you anyway remember those unicorn frappuccinos oh, oh, oh yeah it looks like vomit everybody kinda. loved it. that that's that feels like very much in line with the the whatever fishbowl yeah, blue. No. Yeah. Um, question for you. Yes. So you started on Broadway. You've obviously had been artsy and creative your entire life, clearly. And now you're, you know, all over the place on TV. People would know you from Umbrella Academy, amongst yeah. other things. So I'm not going to say what's your preferred mm. medium as an artist, because I don't think that you necessarily have to have a favorite yeah. as an artist. Yeah. But what was that transition like starting in the theater world mm-hmm. and then kind of deciding to make a horizontal shift? Because it's not yeah. like you woke up and you just decided to sell insurance or something, <laughs> but you <laughs> are making a shift in your career. Was it something that you sought out? Was it something that you sort of just encountered? Mm. What did you have to do differently in your art to really step in and embrace that? transition. Yeah. You know, like most things, it was, it was kind of, um, uh, an inner moment for myself where I was like, I think I want to try something different. And I'm, I'm a, I very, you know, I don't get too, I love, (laughs) I I, I don't get too woo woo, but I think like you put out what you get back or you get back what you put out. Yeah. Is that both? Both, both, either or. (laughs) Um, and so I, you know, I think I was just kind of putting, floating that energy out that, you know, I'd, I'd been working in New York and professionally and on Broadway for almost a decade. And, you know, I felt so grateful and so fulfilled, but I also felt like I had so much more to learn, but I want, but I wanted to do that in a different medium because I, you know, I, I love musical theater. That is, those are my roots, but I also really, really understand musical theater. I know how to make a musical. I know what it takes to do eight shows a week. I know what that does to my body. I know what I, that I have to do to prepare myself for that. I, I'm, you know, I've, I've, was living in that world and in that, you know, 10 block radius of Manhattan for, you know, 10 years. And that was, that was a a unbelievable time in my life, but I was 
just ready to kind of stretch myself as an artist in a different way. And when I came to LA to do Hamilton at the Pantages, I had just started working with um, my now manager at the time. And I'd only had an agent at that point that was in New York and I didn't have a manager and she was LA based. And, you know, I just kind of floated to her that, you know, I love theater, but I'm, I think I'm ready to try something else. I'm ready to, I, I want to get into animation and voiceover work. I want to, I want to, you know, I would, I'm terrified by the idea of being in front of a camera and doing a movie or a TV show. I've never done that. I don't know what that is. I've never auditioned for TV before. Um, but I'm in the town where that happens. So I might as well just see if that can happen. Right. I have a question because this has been something that I've been at dinners and it's been highly, hotly debated. And mm. since you do, you have done musical theater, theater, and yeah. TV film acting. Yeah. This actor one time said, you know, the acting stage actors sometimes don't translate to film because they're too big. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. was this is a room full of actors. And I was like, oh, shit. Uh-oh. Shots Uh-oh. fired. Because uh-huh. <laughs> there Hot were. Topic. Yeah. Because there were theater <laughs> actors. Yeah. Like famous ones there. Yeah. And he was like, and that's the reason why you stay on the stage mm. is because the acting a close up requires. And I'm going to do what he did. I'm not an actor, people. So don't judge me <laughs> by the example. But he was like, if someone says on stage, like, motherfucker, and yeah. yells it, he's like, but if you're in a close-up, the tone in- internally needs to be like, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it, I'm mean, I tell you, people are almost throwing glasses yep. at this guy. Yep. But I was like, oh, and I was genuinely probably the only person. And I was like, oh, is that a thing? Yeah. Is that a thing? So yeah. I didn't do Broadway, but I grew up doing kids theater, musical theater, all the things. I loved a stage, right? Um, but... I was always told in classes where if you come from theater, mm-hmm. but the, the general rule of thumb that I was told is do it for the room. Yeah. So if you are used to doing it for a theater, mm-hmm. you don't have to change your emotional response. Yep. You don't have to change how you are reacting. You don't have to change how you are thinking, but pretend like we're in a room this big yep. and just do it for the room because yep. you would like, I, you wouldn't yell. Same yeah. as what you're saying, basically yeah. you wouldn't say, motherfucker and yell it yeah. at, right here at Emmy. Right? Like, you okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, more or less. Are you? <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, and I want you to answer the question. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that class of uh, characterization of theater stage? I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it is, it's a difference of scale. I think in theater, you are performing to as many as, you know, anywhere from 900 to 3,500 people live and you have to convey your emotion from the stage all the way to the back of the house. Yes, you have a microphone, but you know, you're, you're, you know, a wee little tiny person to the people in the back row. And so you do have to convey that emotion on a more dramatic scale. Whereas TV and film, you know, your audience is as close to you as this microphone. Like, and, and so it is, I feel like I'm still, Learn, so I have a hard time speaking on it because I feel I keep I keep using the phrase like I'm new here, but I am like the amount of time that I've spent in TV and film and working in TV and film is minuscule in comparison to the 20 plus years that I was like working and cultivating my musical theater career. Right. But you see how we think about time as 
as a thing to, but see, I yes, don't, to justify, to justify, just, yes, uh-huh, yeah, and, or yeah. I'm not there yet, so I'm like, so I don't know I how to speak on it, because I'm still learning myself, girl, but, <laughs> time, just because, I mean, you spent how many years as a baby, are you gonna compare yourself yes. to, like, fair enough, uh, fair not, enough, not being able to drive, fair enough. Like, <laughs> but I, I think that's the difference, I think, I think I love that, play the room that you're in, because I think that is so, because, but also in TV and film, there are, there are moments where you need to be like, you motherfucker. And that is acceptable. But like, that's not when it's like a two-hander and it's you and one other person <laughs> yep. and the camera, you know what I mean? It's, it's, um, but the, I mean, the differences between theater and, and TV are the work is the same, like the, your intention and, and, and the journey that your character is going on and the work that you do behind the camera, like on your own, your homework and understanding your character and your, your storyline, having a beginning, a middle and an end, all of that is the same. The, the, the way, the, just how you're telling the story, the medium that you're telling the story in is different. And in theater, you have a live audience. That's an, that is another person in the scene with you that every night is different. Every night is different, you know, and, yeah. and, Cam, you know, in camera work, it's, it's kind of, you're like, well, I hope that worked. <laughs> and it, and whatever cut they end up using is not up to me. I know. Let's which is, control. Yeah, which let's for my control. like, you know, type A Virgo self, sometimes I'm like, <laughs> it's really hard to let go of that. But then I don't know, there's something very freeing about it where it's just like, well, I did it. So it is what it is. Right. And they're going to judge the best takes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, yes. This is our different cocktail. Yes, okay, this wait. is. I know. Sorry. We're not, we're, we're pretty casual here at Team Tequila Talks. Love we don't it. really swap out the glasses, but. No, you love know, that. I can already taste a difference, by the way. Really? I, I drank mine dry. Oh, So, listen. like, I, I certainly was not mixing the two. Um, oh. Which one is this? <laughs> <laughs> Which one is this one? This, this is a Cosmigos, This is right? a Cosmigos mix. It's so much more. It's very different. It's why so it, different. Why does it feel so more potent? That's so weird. Yeah. I taste more orange. In I this taste one. way more orange. Yeah, way more orange. It's the same exact recipe. Just you didn't put orange in this. I did or, put orange. Or the same amount of. I did a splash of Contreau. I think it we was uh, like a out. half ounce. But it's just bringing to, out. It's almost like no smoky and all orange. I it's know, but the interesting so thing is, so we did not. So we, I didn't want to dump a bunch of agave in here because we were yeah. trying to keep it skinny. Yeah. Right. So I we I made the exact same batch, split it into two jars, and then did the exact same amount of mezcal of the Delmagay Vita and the Casamigos. See, I taste more orange. I don't necessarily mm. think that, you know, we, we're just saying if we want to put an orange note in there, we might as well, like, if we're going to put any type of sweetener, let's make it boozy as opposed to just dumping sugar. Yeah. Right? No, that's what I'm, makes it skinny. So we, That's why I like skinny. Or why I usually just have tequila with soda or yep, on the rocks. Because... Yeah. Margarita, and that's what gets me. It's like, I don't, I know what will and will not give me a hangover, and it's always the sugar. It's not really the amount of tequila I drink. It's how, what's in the tequila. Well, drinking. how much tequila do you drink? Well, girl, <laughs> you know. on the deck. Circumstantial <laughs> drinkers. We are circumstantial drinkers. Post-COVID or now? <laughs> well, after I had COVID. And or pre-COVID or now. I don't like talking about COVID, but this is actually a very interesting fact, because after I had COVID, my tolerance went higher. Really? What? Higher. Really? Interesting. And my sister's tolerance, like, well, she doesn't have a high tolerance, anyway. right? But then she's like, I can't even, I'm high, I'm drunk, I'm wasted. Oh. And she had like a sip. Oh, really? Well, I just feel like I spent all of 2020 fancying myself a, a mixologist. Yeah, so the I cocktails mean, were, you know, they were flowing. But <laughs> see, that's an interesting thing because we're talking about mixology, we're talking about drinks. This is the exact same yeah, it's batch really of base, right? Down to the exact same amount of lime juice control and... We just added, I just added the mezcals on top and it tastes 
definitively different. That's wild. It, you they're both great, by the yeah. way. I no, love both of so these. Good. It's just I that would, one is more orange. Mm-hmm. One was maybe a bit more smoky. I, yeah. I would say the first one was a bit more smoky. Well, yeah, but I think Casamigos, this is the Vita Del Maguey, I think Casamigos is the smokiest out of uh, the yes. Vita if you taste it. If you taste them by itself. Oh, really? Yes. If you, which oh, I, I have, I have that. the bottles, so we can yeah. do that when we're done with this. Many. Just a little taster. I've we, got my copitas always in my bag. I got my emergency copitas. <laughs> you never know. I like a lady's prepared. <laughs> and she we can prepared. do a plain tasting, and you'll see that yeah. actually I find same as you the Casamigos mezcal to be more smoky. Really, and so the fact that this one is. More, I, I I actually know that I did this for a fact because I pa- put this one in my knocking or my knocking point mixer jar, mm-hmm. which is our winery, and we have always known and loved Casamigos for a long time. Yeah, so that's how I met you. Natural pairing, exactly. Yes. Um. So so I just thought that that's how I'm going to remember that the Casamigos is is that one. And it's just so interesting how this is taking on the flavor. It really is of the orange. So I guess I guess the lesson learned here is if you have a favorite drink mm. and you're at home, you have people over, maybe you're looking for some poolside stuff, make a big batch of the pitcher. Yeah. And then maybe see how it mixes uh, as a base. See how it mixes yeah. with the different tequilas and mezcals because this is an interesting experiment over here. Um, I'm pretty shocked. I fancy I myself a scientist. I did not think right it was going to be that much of a difference. So, oh. so this yeah. must be in the fermentation process from the bino, from the the little heart of the agave plant because this is tasting like it has straight up orange juice in it. Yeah, it okay. really does. Okay, well we took a detour, but I want to hear more about Central Park because I'm oh, fascinated yes. by this voiceover. I've never, I've never done any voiceover and I mean I've done ADR yeah, yeah, for yeah. projects yeah. obviously and you know there's an element of trying to match your tone with the mm. way that your mouth is moving and all that stuff <laughs> I mean I've had to do ADR for breathing before oh yeah that's, right? that's kinda, always weird I know it's I've so I've watched strange. some of those things yeah. I'm like they pay you to do this You're they like, do <gasps> they pay and us and I'm like fake running and they I'm want like, it yeah. to sound like our breathing yeah uh-huh. but I've never created an animated character and brought it to life that seems so exciting to me It. I mean so I have the unbelievable pleasure of joining the cast of Central Park, which is an unbelievable animated series that's on Apple TV Plus um, with an unbelievable cast. I mean, Josh Gad, Leslie Odom Jr., David Diggs, you know, Stanley Tucci. It's it's beyond. The cast is beyond, beyond. And it's not only is it an animated show, it's also a musical. And our third season is coming out September 9th, which is so exciting. I feel like we've been working on it for a century. And I, and, and it also felt like it was already out. And they were like, "It's we finally have the drop date. And I was like, for what? <laughs> because we've been working on it for so, I was like, oh my God, oh my God. There's a whole other season in the can and we have, it has, the world hasn't seen it yet. But I, so this, this role, the role of Molly, my character um, actually came along in 2020 when, um, in the first season, Kristen Bell, the unbelievable Kristen Bell, oh, originated this. the part, and she decided uh, to step down to make more room for representation for actors and voiceover actors of color because her character Molly is a biracial child, and and Kristen and Josh Gad and and Lauren, just the creators, decided that you know to to make room and and have a, a woman of color voice uh, animated character of color, which and then you know enter. Me, <laughs> which you know, and <laughs> I had an, an amazing audition experience, and then got to work with the the creative team, and they, it's just been such a joy. And it, you know, I, I 
I miss the theater because, you know, I don't, I don't get to do the singing and the dancing as much anymore. And now that I'm, I'm, you know, kind of living out here and, and on umbrella and focusing more on TV and film. And so this definitely scratches that itch because an animation work is, it's so theatrical. It's so much. Yeah, it's big. And you're just going in and trying different things and, and, and it's very much on the fly and very improv. There's so much improv and I just, I get to sing and, and there's unbelievable singers and songwriters that get to write the songs for the show. We have, you know, almost every song in, in the show is either written by, you know, the, the creatives of the show, or we have guest artists that write music for the show, which is also incredible. So I'm, I'm just learning, you know, I'd anywhere from one to five songs every like two to three weeks and going in and recording them. And, and it's just, it's, it's wild. It's so much fun. And I, 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 I just, I'm, it's now this, because of, because of the decision that Kristen made, I was given an opportunity that for me, based on the history of the lack of representation in the animated space was something that I'd never thought about. And so, and something that a space that I never saw myself in. So I get the question a lot in interviews when I'm doing press for Central Park, like, what was your favorite, you know, animated character or movie? And I didn't really have one because I didn't see myself in that space. I mean, sure, I would gravitate more towards, you know, Jasmine and Aladdin and Pocahontas right. and, and Pocahontas. Or and, Lion King. I yeah. feel like that's the only thing coming uh-huh. to mind is Lion King. Nala yeah. was voice fight. Darn it. I'm not going to know her Beyonce? name. No. So that was the, that was no, the, the, the remake. Live action. I'm yeah, talking yeah, yeah, yeah. about I'm yeah. not making stuff I'm up. I'm talking about the original. The OG. Oh, OG. Hey. With, um, yeah. I, yeah, that's the only, when you said yeah. that, I'm like, mm, maybe Lion King? Yeah. 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 And, it, you know, so I think it wasn't something that ever crossed my mind as an opportunity for, that would, something that would be an opportunity for me. Right. And now that, you know, I'm a part of Central Park and it's just been the most unbelievable experience. I'm, I'm so hungry for more, and I'm, I'm so well, excited. By every it. actor wants a voiceover job. Oh, Be- I mean, you, uh, t- uh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, let me go ahead and <clears throat> one, you get to do it in your pajamas, which, like, hello, like you, and two, nine times out of ten, if you're on an established show, like you can have an at-home setup like this, and you can do it from home. Yeah. And three, it's if you are so lucky to be on a show that has such an amazing group of creatives and cast like it's it's just fun like I look forward to my sessions because we are goofing around we are trying new things I I feel like they trust me as much as I trust them and and I also feel like they're starting to you know especially with Molly they're start and and me being added to the cast we're starting to dive into like biracial issues like hair and, and hair products and you're bi- and, aren't you Bi-racial? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's like a, there's there's it's also starting unbelievable conversations between me and the creatives who are and the writers in the writers room because they now have a biracial woman voicing a biracial character and so there are real things that I can actually contribute to the the journey that Molly is on as a you know preteen biracial girl and and dealing with puberty and getting her first period and dealing with her hair and you know everybody telling her she should straighten it but she likes her curly hair and <laughs> and what that is and like what is she more depth yeah, yeah and her yeah. first boyfriend and you know it's just it's just really I'm I'm just so enjoying it and I just feel so blessed and and I've been a fan of Josh Gad because he also comes from theater you know he was yes. he, he was, was the original off in Frozen wasn't oh, he? he oh yeah and yes. we had Patty Miriam yeah. on who we know yeah. and yes oh my god 
on. Yes. Amazing. Yeah, we let it go with a canned cocktail. Yeah. You know, that <laughs> yes. was great. That was great. Yes. Yeah, because we, we were, we're all in the mom's face. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, we like to put on a bathrobe and, and enjoy an empty house from time to time. Yeah. I texted Sherry this morning and I go, hey. My house is empty and quiet. The baby's sleeping. Like I and, and I'm so caught up on work. I don't know what to do with myself. This <laughs> is the first time this has happened. Like, do you want to come just early? Just doing donuts I don't, in I don't, your I kitchen. Just like, <laughs> I, I like. I had a rare morning where it was quiet and I didn't have a bunch of things to check off my list. It was so weird. It's it was very, so weird. And you realize. You're not supposed to do anything in those moments, and I still You're do supposed that. To sit and enjoy You're it. supposed to sit. Yeah. And I always like, oh, I'll prep the onions for tonight. I'll chop exactly. the veggies. Yes, I'll, meal prep. I'll yeah, meal exactly. Prep. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not good at. I'm not good at free time. Like I feel like, like if even if I am watching TV, like my hands have to be doing something. Like yeah. I have to be like organizing something or knitting or doing a craft or you know you who see knows. All these Instagram just, like, things, and they're like, listen, when you have some downtime, this is a gift, and yeah. you need to take that space. If you're feeling antsy, doing nothing, that means you're overworked, overrun, and anxious. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I see your meme. Mm. Okay, <laughs> all right, I, I know, but you're mm. not offering me solutions. Okay, <laughs> no, I. Get it really like I, I feel like I'm organizing right now and I already just reorganized and my husband's out of town so I'm like you have all the space to organize I, literally but then I'm like I don't have anything I look under the bed I have like like old like sweatshirts I'm like yeah. hey do you want me to send these to you and he's like it's still Why? 100 degrees yeah. in New York <laughs> and I'm like I can, I can do it today I can, I can get FedEx you're like listen I love a trip to FedEx okay so you tell me what you mean I'll send you literally anything give me something to do so I'm also in a space too where I'm experiencing my husband is on hiatus mm-hmm. and he has all the time, which is just the opposite of what uh-huh. what it normally oh, yeah. is. He's normally in the gym at six to then go spend twelve hours on set, and mm-hmm. I like maybe get him at night, except for he's exhausted. So we 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 really kind of try to live in those in those hiatus times, yep. etc. And he's just such an enthusiastic dad and he just wants to take kids to school and wants to pick them up and wants that. to and so I'm sitting here like whoa. I've got this free time oh, yes. now, and I don't know what to do with it. Enjoy it's a it, little man. weird. Enjoy it. It's it's hard though. It's it's. I'm really. It's something that like as I get older, it's something I'm just very aware of. Like anytime that my partner and I we go on vacation, like it always takes me like three to four days to like unravel. Yeah, like it does. always takes me like, I can't, and he's the opposite. He's like on the plane. He's like, ah, feedback. <laughs> like my tie in hand, ready to go. And I'm like, cl- I'm like clinching. I'm like, I feel like I should be doing things. Yeah. And ah, I really like, it takes me like three days to like unwrap my grip and just like accept that like, this is me time. This is us time. This is like mental health time. Yeah. This is self love time. This is like, put it away, put the phone away. No, you don't need to be in those emails. It's it's all fine. The world is not ending. But I'm re- it takes me, it takes me a minute. I'm trying to get better at it. So but. on that note, you obviously have to travel a ton for work, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. clearly you like to travel for pleasure as yeah, well. Because yeah. who doesn't love a vacation? Ugh. So what are some of your? We all talk about me time. We all talk about wellness. Mm-hmm. What are your some of your musts? Like, do you have crystals in your suitcase? Ooh. Do you have what are your wellness mm-hmm. me grounding yeah. me time musts when you are traveling for work or for pleasure? Yeah, um, I think for work it's interesting because, like, recently I traveled to Atlanta for work and I'd never been to Atlanta. And you're always when you are in this industry, I feel like you're always 
going to cities you've never been before for sometimes really extended and extreme amounts of time. And so you have to, I'm, I, as much as I hate to admit it, <laughs> which I don't know why, but I'm like, I'm, I'm a homebody, which I love. Great. I love to, inter- <laughs> but it's also like, I love to entertain at my house. Like yes. I love people to come to me. I will host the shit out of a party, <laughs> but I'm not leaving my house for anyone else's soiree at 9 PM. It's just not happening. No, it, it, oh yeah. If, if, if it starts at nine, you won't see me. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's, I'm, it's really important to me when I get to a new city, if I'm there for, you know, a week or two is one thing, but if it's a couple months, I have to find my, I'm not a routine person, but I do have to find like my, the two coffee shops that I love. And I have to find, you know, I, I I love a workout. I love, I'm not like a gym person, like going, just going to a a big gym that, you know, but I love workout classes and I love, you know, finding personal trainers and or Pilates or spin classes, or I, I really like classes. So it's finding, finding the things so that as quickly as possible, I can establish some sort of normalcy in a very like upturned way of living sometimes and finding, you know, the grocery stores that have the things that I love. And, and, and I, um, I've traveled a ton in my life. I grew up traveling a lot with my parents and I, I truly believe that food is the best way to understand and learn about a culture. Oh, I love that. I, it's, and I, so I'm a big foodie. And so I when I'm in a new city, I'm like immediately Googling all the good restaurants and, and researching like, what are the must two places? And like, for me, the must two places aren't this Michelin star. Boop, boop, boop. I'm like, what's, what's the hole in the wall? Favorite? Somebody's grandma is mm-hmm. back there rolling out pasta. Like yep. that yep. is, that's what I, I want. The I street food. I, 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 I appreciate yeah, both, I do both, but I tend to gravitate more towards the the like weird hole in the wall kind of like undiscovered niche kind of places because honestly if something has foam on it I don't want it well, See, that's how <laughs> that you that you and my husband probably get along don't great. come at you me with anything foam. with foam on top I, I, no. I don't know I think that I whenever I am going somewhere new I look up all the travel blogs that mm-hmm. are like do like the locals do I want to yeah. know kind of the dive bar I mm-hmm. want to know that like questionable barbecue joint yeah. that's probably the best barbecue that you're going to yeah. get at the same time I'll eat the foam I have a wide <laughs> spectrum I, I'll eat anything. I have a wide spectrum of what I'm looking that. for I am super clean and healthy at home because I know the second that I leave home yeah I want all the things I'm the same yeah. I'm the same I eat really clean at home I love cooking at home I'm 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 a pescatarian I also have like like a, like a gluten intolerance, all of those things. But I do know it's all about balance. Yes. And I, when I'm on vacation, I don't want to be thinking about that. No. When I'm on vacation, I, I want to be able to try new things. And I also feel like when, when you are looking for restaurants and, and eats and bars and bites that are, are, you know, smaller and, and kind of the, um, the local, the local way, I also feel like very quickly that city becomes, closer to you like I I feel like you understand the city a little bit more than than just you know ordering dominoes there's nothing wrong with ordering dominoes there is something wrong with ordering dominoes (laughs) actually there is and you should not find a local hand toss place okay you know I'm I'm in I you know and I feel like I can officially fancy myself a New Yorker I lived there for 11 years but like don't at me with some dominoes when I I lived in New York for 11 years the answer is no you know my husband is well I will say this about that I think 
when you go to local places, no matter where you are in the world, yeah. I wouldn't do street meat level food. No, no, I no, think no. I've aged out of street yeah, meat. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think the soul of any city, 100%. country, mm-hmm. little hole in the wall is the food. And yeah. I think that feeds your soul. Yeah. And I think that you don't have to speak the language. Yeah. You don't have to know the arts there. Mm-hmm. But if you eat their food, I yeah. think it's soul feeling. And I've been alone sometimes because my husband sometimes works in yeah. weird. We were in Romania one time. And it was they were only 10 years past communism. And wow. so I was like, you know, I'm going to pre-kid. So I'm like, I'm going to walk these streets. Yeah. So I talked to the AD and I talked and I was like, hey, you know, I really need some place to go. He's like, well, you need a driver. You just can't walk around the streets by yourself. And I'm like, no, no, no. Just give me the hole in the wall. Give me the, and yeah. it was like goat brain. Oh. Oh. And she was like, it's a little, nice salt, little pepper, onions. Not and a, I was like. Not an onion on some goat brain. I was just like. <laughs> But I will say it, it was, was probably still, delicious. It, it was, was probably so good. Has she yeah. not ruined it with yeah, yeah, goat yeah. brain? Yeah, she yeah, yeah. shouldn't have told you what it was. She just should have said this is our local cuisine. Yeah, it was, and she it was have said that she should have just said it's goat. But it was delicious. I'll try anything. <laughs> this is the thing. I'll local probably be on those adventure shows where you eat the goat balls. I'm like, oh, she oh, even could have said, oh, it's Ooh. not brain. That's language barrier. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. She's like goat. I don't know. So it sounds to me, I mean, what you're really looking for is grounding. Yes, when you go somewhere, you want to feel grounding. There's that whole long in Die Hard where they say that right when you get somewhere you take your shoes off and you you scrunch your toes in the carpet and and the whole point of that whether you use that methodology or not (laughs) is grounding right just wanting to feel grounded in a space as humans Mm -hmm. like you know you can be energetic and creative and you are just sort of in the in the 40 and the 5d but as humans you're in this world and yeah. you gotta feel like you're connected to it yeah right I'm, you gotta feel grounded I, I and that's I've always been like that like my whole life I've always wherever even when I would travel I was telling the story yesterday actually when I used to travel with my parents I would have I was always allowed like a suitcase and a carry-on that was it. My parents were like, we're not carrying your bags for you. Yeah. So you get a suitcase and a carry-on that you carry yourself. And in my suitcase, I would always have my clothes and whatever, my necessities. And then in my other bag, I would always pack decor. So I would like pack with like picture frames and a blanket and like a pillow. And so I, I've Set always been like face. a weird like little nester. I've always nested. And so... I think I do the same when I go. Because, you know, even when I was in Atlanta for a couple weeks, I would, like, go to a candle shop and find a few candles. And I would bring a blanket. That It's like I have to feel making whatever new space I'm in feel as homey as possible is is the first, like, calming. Like, that's that's the immediate first thing that I do when I'm in a new space. Well, yeah, thank you for making our that. space feel yes. great and homey. Oh, I don't know if I'd say oh, homey, but fun. No, fun. definitely it's fun. It's called tequila homey. It's called tequila. Yeah. <laughs> tequila homey. <laughs> tequila homey. We, we should start a, a, a pillow a company. That's called Tequila Home. We'll work on tequila that. Home. We'll tequila sidebar. Home. Tequila Home. Okay, well, cheers, guys. We did the cheers. And thank you for joining us at Team Tequila Talks. Do all of the like and subscribe. We're on YouTube. We're on Instagram. We're a little old to be on TikTok, but we're working on that. Oof, I mean, we're going to consult with the kids. We're the ticks and the, the talks. Kids. I don't know. But find us where you can and do the like and subscribe and listen and all the things. Emmy, thank you so much. Thank you for having me and these delicious beverages. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers. I'm actually shocked at the Casa Amigos. The difference is insane. They're both good. They're just different. They're both amazing. They're just different. I'm really shocked by that. I I almost don't. If you didn't, if you told me this was regular tequila, I'd say, okay. Yeah. Like, I feel.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.